Welcome to episode 41 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. You can stay up to date by signing up for our newsletter and find any further information at versusmikehistory.com. This episode was recorded on location at the Triple Double Juice Company in East Orange, New Jersey. Well, you see, I do think we have a choice in what our lives are going to be like. You see? We don't have a chance about what's going to hit us when we don't Okay, know. let me tell you this. My impression, I have a certain, uh, I guess, positive, positiveness about my life. But I realize that every time I create a, a positive thought in my mind, also I create a negative thought. It's just like, I'm going to be very successful. And my mind said, oh, no, you're not. You know? <laughs> okay? So since I create positive and negative, it's which one I give the most attention that is powerful. When I think positive constantly, it's very powerful and it controls me. If I think negative all the time, it's going to control me too. So right now, my positive thought is there is no go- going to be no disaster to destroy what I have planned for me and my family. And if there is, that's life. Boom. Yo, 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 family was good. We back again with another episode of Versus Mike History. I got my I got my guy Drew in the building. Uh, Drew was here for I believe what was it the third episode of this podcast? Uh, was Some, it the third? Something like that. Yeah, it's, it was it, something early on. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to have you back. And um, you know, we got some shit to get into today. So, you know, um, for all the new listeners, how about we get a proper introduction? Word. Uh, yo, it's Drew. Um, the homies call me Drew Wop. I'm from Franklin. I'm one third of a creative content company called Liddy Boys International. Uh, I also do freelance artist promotion and digital marketing. Um, I have a brand named Chances Make Champions. Also has a podcast underneath that or under that umbrella called Point Guard Mentality. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? I got my hands in a lot of pots right now, so just trying to do dope shit. That's it. Word, word, word. So, like I was saying before, um, it's the our first interview was a long time ago, and it was pre-COVID. Um, a lot has changed since then, and I guess one of the first things I would like to know is how the quarantine affected your creative process. Mm. Uh, yo, first, I was in the middle of an internship, so it kind of mm-hmm. like, I remember the day I was supposed to go to the office, um, I just didn't go for whatever reason. I emailed them my reason, and I didn't go. And I was with my girl that day, 
And then I got an email like, yo, the office is closed. So I'm like, oh, this COVID stuff is real. Cause I remember seeing like yeah, it was just stuff like, on the news, but word. I wasn't taking it as seriously. So after that happened, we switched to remote and that process is completely different from being in the office. Like mm-hmm. in the office, like I thrived. Like, right, right, right. Cause it's that type of environment. At mm-hmm. home, it's like, it's a bunch of stuff going on. Like, I can't really separate like what happens at home from like work. Cause it's all exactly. in one space. So that was like, it was difficult to adjust and kind of like trying to make my own space for me to uh, stay focused in. Cause it was, it was also like a couple neighborhood stuff happening at the time. I was like distracted. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I had a creative space. It kind of like stopped it. Word. Cause I, was, I had, yo, I had mad, everyone did, but right. I had mad plans, bro. Us as a group, like me and Kyle Niles, we had plans too. Like we we're gonna do um, a little mini pop-up tour. Mm-hmm. One here, one in New York, one in Philly. Um, we dropped the tape, obviously. So that's when, like, I would say, like, the creative juices started picking up again. Like, right after that little, when they said the numbers went down a bit, yeah. it just went bonkers and started yeah, coming yeah, outside. Yeah. Like, that's when it started coming back a bit. But um, that that first initial time when they were like, "Nah, we on lockdown," like, I wasn't that creative at all. I mm-hmm. was just, I was just trying to um, be able to keep my upkeep of work the same work. Uh, level of work I was doing while I was at the office and stuff so but yeah it was a uh, it was tough man like I don't know because eventually I want to work at a label like actually work not intern mm-hmm. but like interning like at 300 while it was remote like that switch was so crazy like even meetings it just wasn't the same anymore like because that's a very interpersonal job well um I guess I don't want to get like too in deep too in depth of like what you did Mm. Unless you're comfortable with it, um, like what made it a diff- what what made it more difficult being home versus being um, in office? I think just a sense of routine. Because mm. I wake up if I'm going to the office, I wake up like maybe like eight or something like that, trying right. to catch like a nine some train from railway to the city, right. and just that like attitude of like, all right, I woke up today to do this and get this much work done. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's an on switch. But when I'm home. That switch doesn't it doesn't turn on as fast so like i'm not waking up as fast i'm not doing work as quickly as, as i normally do like i have a uh a set routine of like before i start any other tasks that they give me like bigger projects mm-hmm. i just do the same like smaller ones first so like, updating the socials updating the website like little stuff like that for like each Word. artist on the label at the time and then i would go on to the big stuff like I was waking up late. Like, I'm waking up to text, like, yo, did you do such and such yet? Yeah. I'm like, dang, I'm trying Those to Those are the worst. Like, yeah. yo, you good? Like, dear, you you don't know, you don't want to, you don't care if I'm good or not. You want to <laughs> know if that project is done. Yeah, yeah. They wasn't even hitting me with, you good? They was like, yo, did you do this yet? Word. I'm like, dang, like, I gotta, you know what I mean? Because they're used to me doing it like that because I'm, I'm on my shit. But mm-hmm. just being at home, just like, I don't know, man. It was, it was, it was just hard to like flip that switch. It was hard to flip that switch for real. Like after a meeting, cause you mm-hmm. know, like Zoom me, I'm tired of Zoom at this point, but yeah. after like a couple Zoom meetings on like bigger stuff that was happening, cause I think Gunner's album came out at the tail end of um, when I was there. And then Thug and Chris Brown had that project like, Word. right like right after COVID hit. So like mm-hmm. with those projects, like whatever I had to do for those projects, it was kind of like, oh, okay, now mm-hmm. I'm locked in. It's, it's bigger now, but like with the more tedious stuff that like it is tedious, but it matters a whole lot. That was where I was slipping a bit. So, where 
Um, it's interesting that you brought that point up because I kind of want to stay on that for a little bit in terms of working on specific artists' projects. Um, do you, I know that the role that you have, you said it's an internship, right? Yeah. So how, I don't want to say, like, how integral is your work towards those projects? And um, do they do they go on to bear like sentimental value now that um, you've added some sort of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. oomph to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think like, I know you're getting that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very important, bro. Cause I, I've, I thought I was just like the little guy for real. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to play that role and then yeah. get in where I could fit in like on bigger stuff. But like when I missed on like, missed on like the little stuff that I had, like mm -hmm. it would just throw everything off. Cause it's still, it's a uh, 300 is like it's not it's a it's small not a, label yeah it's not a big label it's still independent yeah. for real it just has like um artists with like major mm -hmm. you know exposure and talent so mm -hmm. like once you miss on like the little stuff assignments that they give you that's all a part of like this whole big like pre and post release like mm -hmm. it kind of it messes other people up because they're counting on you to give them whatever they need to give them before they can start on their um next step and that stuff matters, yo, because people need to know how much in anything. Like, they need to know how much they could trust you with, like, the smaller stuff. That's right. why, like, um, like I still have a relationship with, like, uh, my supervisor that was there. He, like, helps me out whenever he can and stuff like that. Because, like, he gave me mad stuff to do, and I just kept delivering. Like, mm -hmm. and that just led to, like, one of the biggest stuff I worked on was um, the Young Thug HBCU, like, Hot Challenge. Mm -hmm. Not to get, like, all the context for that. Like, literally, like, everything each school's uh, president, uh, their band director, um, just like all the contacts that mattered for that, I had to get all of that. Mm. And if I had messed up on that, it'd be emails going every which way, like, I'm yeah. not, like school's not even knowing that this competition is happening, that would've been a disaster, Facts. bro. So like, yeah. once I did that, once he gave me the smaller stuff and then I did that, they was like, okay, all right, cool. So give you whatever else. So basically like, whenever we see a rollout and it, like some shitty detail is is attached to it somebody who's doing your role is pretty much yeah, the cause of it exactly because they it's just picking up slack like that's mm -hmm. what i've noticed just from work because i've never been in a professional system before yeah that was my first time so like that's what i noticed just about like that like the smallest mess up bro it'll it'll lead to some disastrous if like if they can't clean it up fast enough or if you don't get on your job so um would you say that your internship has created a different outlook for you in terms of how you look at people who control socials and um, who do like the the behind the scenes work for the big brand, like who control the Twitter account, or the Instagram account or something like that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely, because I didn't really know the I didn't know the process. I always respected it mm -hmm. because that's what um that's what I was doing for Liddy Boys, like in general, like from the start, I was I was basically controlling our socials and like like for real like our image and how people view us that was all coming through social first so um you know just seeing how that is on a big scale and how like everything is just so like very neat in particular with what you post how you post it mm -hmm. um what needs to get cropped out what needs to stay in uh even like some down to like a caption like i'll they'll be like yo uh can you post this on such and such like youtube feed or whatever mm -hmm. like yeah i'll come with a caption they'll be like nah change that i'm like right. caption and they're like yeah like it matters like all bro it's crazy but like 
there's a science to it. All that stuff matters. And I took a lot of that, like, after it ended, just to, like, um, my own stuff and then, like, the Lady Boy stuff as a whole. Mm. I noticed that, like, a lot of the um, the projects you take on on social media, it they revolve around um, including other creatives and things like that. How would you say you got to the point where you felt as though your work or what you wanted to do for work surrounded around other people creating and um yeah i guess that would just be it <laughs> um nah i got you um man i never even thought about that i think because we need each other bro to be right. honest with you like as much as like people want to be like yeah i'm gonna do this by myself like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the guy for that like right because um i just realized how much like i i think for me i, I see I was just lucky to have a lot of people around me that are as talented as they are. Like, mm-hmm. I consider myself very blessed to like have that opportunity. You know what I mean? Just to like Definitely. be within arm's reach of like someone like you. I hit you up with the podcast. You you do great work, and then mm-hmm. now we're here with the, yeah. Appreciate that. With the uh, with the mixtape, it was like we know so many like talented homies that are artists, like and graphic designers, like a homie Rich and, and Niles who is a part of the group. They did the, mm-hmm. the back cover and the album booklet that we did. Right. Um, my homie Mikel shot the cover. Uh, Marcus, Rude, uh, Tom Capone, uh, all the homies, like Chris Crooks, like they all just sent us songs that they haven't like used it yet. And then it was just up to our discretion to like put it in, or- in an order that way where it flows like an actual project. So um, yeah, in, in a lot of instances, bro, I just think like I don't mind like giving the keys to someone else and being like, yo, I need help in this department. Um, yeah, you drive on this part and then I'll take us to where we need to be afterwards. Yeah, I go back and forth on collaborations a lot because, not because I don't see the value in them, but, and this is just a, a lead up for my, a, follow, a lead up for my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in this era that we live in, you can get popping in your bedroom. Right. So in reality, there are so many ways that are being created for you to not have to get any help. And uh, I really do resonate with what you said about us needing each other because I wholeheartedly believe that. And um, I just want to know how, um, I don't know, I guess how you go about navigating a network in this type of uh, climate? Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only, the way I've always navigated, to be honest with you, before I wasn't navigating it, I don't right. think um, any of the three of us were. We were just like, oh, this is the homie we haven't met yet. Like, let's just bring them on a podcast. Word. And they just end up being so substantial to, like, our own group. Word. And, like, we end up doing Just going to be great. Yeah, bro, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, no, yeah. I'm so lucky, bro. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think with that, it's just like, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, judge, I'm a good judge of character first before I even know what talent they have. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just ends up... Um, being something where like we link up and we create some cool shit. So I think with networking, you just gotta know, cause there's a lot of people that like are dope, you know what I mean? Like they do talented things, but then like you meet them and it's like, ah, it's not really, nothing's really clicking right now. So I think for me, uh, I just try to work with, uh, I just try to work with people locally first 
people that are around me instead of just like maybe like reaching out like i try to get the mm-hmm. i think within the last year i really tried to get a, a, a core group of people that know who i'm about and know who i am as a person but also know like what i could bring to the uh, table for them and then just from going back and forth to the city like even when i wasn't at my internship just going to the city in general like um just not being afraid to be like all right cool this is what i do you know what i mean sometimes i'm like i'm not that guy like i'll just like kick in and watch everyone else talking and i'll get in the conversation when i can but like um there are instances where i'm like no nah, okay like this is what i do you know what i mean this is what i do it with in some cases they're like oh okay cool like i'll check that out in some cases to my surprise they'll be like oh like oh that's y'all like oh, okay cool i didn't know there was you a part of that um i don't know creating a network is especially now is is tricky i just say find like-minded people first before you yeah. just try to like cast your net too wide you know right, right right um <laughs> that's actually a perfect setup for where i was going next because i wanted to talk about um club crib for a little bit mm. um something that i saw that you guys put together um over quarantine and it kind of like bled into this um this new app that we're all using and um i kind of want to talk about how club crib started as a concept of collective movie watching and it turned into a network on clubhouse right um club crib yeah it just started out as an idea it was like all right cool we can't really kick it with the homies right now but mm-hmm. like we could watch movies cause i think netflix party had just become popular so yeah um i was just like bet like Let's just take this, you know what I mean? Like, and just watch movies with the homies every Sunday or every other Sunday, see where it goes. Like, if it's a few of us, cool. If it's a lot of us, even better, you know what I mean? So I think Club Crib was just like, uh, um, that original concept, it just, it, first of all, it was a good name to me. I just really Facts. liked the name. And um, I just like that concept of like, like club, like home, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is where it's at. Yeah, exactly. Let's just keep it here and share information within within us. Or you could share it with other people too. But like mm-hmm. um I think with Clubhouse it was just like I wanted to make it where like anyone could just start a um uh, start a room, I guess, or start mm-hmm. like a chat with that um group. Um if they wanted to host it on there, if they had any information they wanted to get off. Or I could just do it myself and then host one big chat and uh, everyone's gonna be notified if they're in the group anyway. So I think it's important um, as uh, people that are within the same network, especially from Jersey, because I think this whole creative boom that we're having is it's kind of new. I don't mm-hmm. really remember something happening like this, like while I was in high school. I remember like um, like Jersey Clan and Maroof and all those guys. Like mm-hmm. that was its own thing for a little bit, but um, I think it's bigger than it's ever been right now. And it's probably the most vital to just spread information and do that now. Um. I I I agree with you um to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I think that in terms of this this networking boom that we're seeing in Jersey isn't something that hasn't happened before, but it has um it is just looked differently. Like when I was when I was coming up or whatever, I did see a I saw a similar boom to this um that was a little bit more uh in the physical space because it was uh, surrounded by a party circle, a party network rather, mm-hmm. and um, but those everybody who was a part of that that movement kind of just went on to do great things separately as as individuals. And I think that um, this era of of collaboration that we're seeing 
is lends itself more to um, a more solidified network of people like yo those 15 people definitely fuck with each other like yeah. and um i don't know which one i prefer i mean i guess i would prefer this one you know what i mean because it's, it's definitely a solidified network for sure but at the same time um you know i don't want to see you just don't know where it's gonna go in terms of how successful it is or how how we may have to switch it up right. or anything like that i think um my bad not to cut you no off. no go ahead but i think um then it was more so like i think it was like you like what you said was more so like individuals mm -hmm. and people just being around to enjoy whatever the individual was producing and then the next individual was producing their own thing and then those two or three people or four people would link up mm -hmm. and they would have their group it just wasn't like solidified yet i think now um we benefit from like wherever they lost out on, on mm -hmm. that and, and in terms of building their network, not them as individuals, because right. they went on to do like amazing things after. But then there's just more information accessible now and we have a lot more examples. Like I don't think those group of people really had like up close examples of stuff that was already happening that they could just use as a blueprint. I think mm -hmm. for us it was different. And like for me, I don't know. I wasn't really um I wasn't really in a space of like doing creative things when that was happening like when the early right. when that earlier phase was happening i probably just noticed it more now because like i'm in it mm -hmm. so that's probably um that's probably the biggest thing and it's like yo everybody does something Facts. i think everyone did did something in that first phase now everybody does does Word, something yeah like anything this is so accessible like that barrier to entry is so low like anybody could get in so or oh actually you know now that i think about it one of the main differences is that before it was a lot of people doing a lot of different things and now everybody's kind of sort of entering i don't want to say the same lane but we could all benefit from each other yeah, yeah way more way way more um and it definitely is something that has been beneficial so far for the past couple of years i would i would say at least yeah i would say so too honestly um as someone who typically works in a collective, do you find it harder to work alone or easier? Um, I don't even find it harder or easier. It's just it's just about the same. Just different. Yeah, it's just like it's the same thing. To be honest with you, because um, it's gonna sound weird, but working with them is like working with me pretty right. much. It's like I'm working with myself because we're so like minded. Like we're three totally different people, like completely different, but <laughs> we're all like um we're all pretty much the same person. That's how we clicked. Mm. Cause we all were, were talking about like certain niche things that only like, I get not only the three of us, but mm. like, um, people like the three of us knew. Mm. It was just like, oh, you know about that too? Like right. I bet. So, um, and then when I work by myself, uh, I think when I work by myself, I'm a little more patient. I'm not really in a, in a rush to get things done like in a hurry with like a group or with them specifically. I'm like, I bet. Like this is what you about to do. Like I have all my my knots jotted down. Like it's a carefully like orchestrated picture kind of. Like when I'm by myself, I'm throwing pin at the wall until I figure something out. Yeah, I don't really think there's a um. Yeah, there's not no real difference. It's not harder or easier to be honest with you. Word. Um. Word. I don't know. I just asked that. Be I asked that because um. I, I always find myself working alone mm -hmm. and not preferably just just the way it is yeah, yeah. and um it's always completely different from working with a team 
um, there's always a little bit more of a, of me in it when it when I'm working by myself. Yeah. Nah, I feel that. All right. Um, let's talk Clubhouse a little bit because I want to speak about the influence of that app in its short time of its creation and um, what do you think it would do for people's personal networks and uh, the growth of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Clubhouse is tight. I think, um, I don't remember when I joined, I think it was like last month, but like the first week I joined, it was like nothing but game. Like, Word. I think the first chat I was in, it was like um, Brian Michael Cox, uh, Cardo, mm-hmm. and Metro hosting something. I'm like, oh, this That's is wild. what, yeah, yeah, this is what happens on here? Like, this is fire. <laughs> but um, it got us like occasional, not even occasional anymore. Like, niggas be on there wilding now, but mm-hmm. I think you just, um, it's like with anything, like, you you get what you look for like if you're looking to get some game then like you're gonna get that if you're looking for some like um other shit some funny shit then you'll get that too so as far as like what it'll do for networking i think it'll be amazing because um i'm already seeing a couple people like a couple homies getting like some people getting beat placements like Mm -hmm. um other people are getting like posted on playlists that they would never get put on like Mm. Uh, some people getting jobs, or if, they, or if they're not getting the job, like they sent the email, and now the that person's in their line of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, that even happened with me. So like, uh, as far as like the networking, I think I think the networking is dope, yo. It might be better than Twitter, honestly, because yeah. you're directly talking to the person. Like, it's not like uh, it's not like they know you, but like they get it. I can get a sense of who you are, but like what you're saying or how you're trying to put words and little stuff like that, and if. They like what you said. They might just fuck with you off of what you said about a point of like a conversation that's happening on. So nah, for sure. I think Club Clubhouse is dope. I don't know where it's it's going. I think because it's in what's the word? It's like in beta right now. Yeah, it's in beta. That's why you only get invites. But when it goes public, it's about to be. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna explode. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. I, it's funny that Twitter is trying to take it right now. Like word. The same like template and interface and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean these the. I think the reason I'm behind that is just because like these social media apps got to keep up with like the latest shit. So yeah, if they yeah. see something hot, then they pretty much have to adopt it, which is trash. But I mean, that's that's the business at the end. Yeah, it's the nature of the game. Or, well, let's go ahead and get into um, your latest projects. What do you what do you got? What are you working on right now? Uh, right now, um, as I said in the beginning, I have a brand called Chances Make Champions. Right now, we're getting back into the swing of, like, merch. When the quarantine hit, I didn't want to be like, look, nigga, I got stuff that I sell. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. just, just buy it. And then, like, of course, with, you know, Urson Peace, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, there was a bunch of um, police uh, brutality um, events happening. So it, it just felt super insensitive. Like, if I wasn't going to raise money, then I wasn't going to release anything. But now, you know what I'm saying, I'm back in the drop of uh, – Back in the swing of dropping stuff, uh, tote bags should be expected before the year is over. Um, also, I have an episode of the Point Guard Mentality uh, podcast coming out with Khalil M. Malamug, who is the owner of Razor Sharp Barbershop, uh, also serial entrepreneur. So that's what's up right now. Um, we dropped uh, Quarantine with the Team Volume 1 in July, I believe, and it's been it did way better than we expected it to. So... Um, we're going to swing for volume two. That's what we're on right now. Um, sure, that's what's up. It's like the beginning stages of that since like we not leaving the crib for real, for real. Mm-hmm. No time soon. So it's just like, let's just put something out again for the people. 
Um, Liddy Boys merch is that's also in the works. Um, we're all, we're I don't know we're thinking about just dropping it just to drop it or just waiting until we're probably just gonna wait until like we hit the 50k plays. Which should, which should be soon. That's crazy, bro. Which should be soon, but um, that is crazy. Yeah. Congratulations to you guys for man, real. Thanks, bro. That all happened. It's crazy, man. COVID, it it messed a lot of stuff up, but it also gave us um, a lot of stuff as well. Just cause like everybody being at the crib and just um listening to whatever projects that we put out, whether it be um like mixes that I did, mixes that Niles did, uh, the chopped and screwed projects we have in quarantine with the team. So. Uh, yeah, when we hit that benchmark, we'll probably just start rolling out merch and things of that nature. And um, like I said, I do freelance arts promotion, freelance uh, digital social marketing, and also like edit videos. So like I'm trying to build my steady amount of clientele. I should have a video to do this week. So it's like, it's cool just to even say that, just to be like, okay, people trust me with like, you know, whatever visuals that they have and they feel like I can put my spin on it, that'll be appealing. And um, oh yeah, I didn't even mention this. I work. Uh, I'm a part of the team for Envy of New York, which is a up and coming streetwear brand that's actually doing really well. So uh, I'm like a consultant, and I do like um, visual editing work for them. So that's like a revolving door of just like stuff that I have to work on, and I'm I'm a part of right now. Word, 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 word. That's what's up. Um, I think that's pretty much it. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I um, I guess the last subject I'll touch on is, um, do you think that black creatives are becoming more mainstream, or do you think that they are separating themselves from from the mainstream to create like our own lane? Um. Hmm. Uh, I feel like it's both. I feel like there's, I don't know if, it, I can't give a percentage, but like, I feel like there is like a lot of now or within the last couple of years. Well, first I think black, whatever we, we make, you know what I mean? It's popular culture anyway. So I think it's always been like, kind of like a gimme, gimme, gimme game. Like, let me just take whatever you made and monetize it and mm-hmm. try to find a way to leave you out of it. You know what I mean? As like big corporations get their hands on stuff, but like, I think now is there's starting to be like an uptick of people that are starting to control what they make. You know what I mean? Like for Definitely. the majority, either for majority or a hundred percent. And um, that trend is is really dope to see. And then there's people that are just like, mm, I don't, I'm not really interested in um, making something and giving it to a big machine. I'd rather just hone in on it myself and build it up. Uh, not the fast way, obviously, but build it up um, steadily. The right way. As, yeah, exactly. The right way. Build it up steadily and I get to own it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if my mistakes are my own, but so are my wins. And, like, if you own something that's yours and uh, you make the right decision, when you hit, you're going to hit big. You know what I mean? That's it's, a fact. It's going to be all you. And then when you approach a company, it's going to be, like, you're going to have leverage when you get to that uh, board meeting. So, um, yeah, I think... There are a lot of black creators being embraced right now, but I also think there's a lot of people that are realizing, like, mm, I, don't, I don't care if I'm really embraced. Like, as long right. as I own it and uh, it's successful on my terms, then uh, I'm cool with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either approach as long as um, you're doing something that's beneficial to, to you and yours and you, and you own it, but you also, like, find a way to uh, 
you know, keep the door open behind you so, like, the next man can run in after you. Word. That was a good way to um <laughs> to wrap this interview up. Uh, I appreciate these words, Drew. Uh, thank you for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bro. And uh, speaking on what you do and uh, what's going on. Um, you could go ahead and plug your social media right now. Okay, we're um, Twitter and Instagram is Inman Park Legend. That's I N M A N Park Legend. Uh, Liddy Boys is International on everything. It's L I T T Y Boys with a Z and an I N T O on Instagram. Chances Make Champions is uh, ChampionVision.us on Twitter. It is Risky Champions. Um, yeah, like I said, we're working on a project. Uh, if you want to help with not the actual project, we're going to re- be reaching out to the artists ourselves, but like in terms of like the marketing of it or the graphics, you know what I'm saying? Like, holla at us if you want like visual editing work done or graphic design or creative direction, anything in those lanes, you could um holla at us to help you with that. You know what I mean? It's gonna cost you, you know what I mean? We, we <laughs> at that time now for sure, like, for sure, where we could uh start charging folks, but um, yeah, we'll work something out. Word. And as always, you can catch us on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram at Versus Mike History. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. Thank you, family, for tuning in. I will see you guys when I see y'all. Stay black, stay healthy.